Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. What a privilege it is to be in his house. I mean, if you have your Bibles this morning, would stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're going to the book of Psalms, chapter number 84. Psalms number 84, <clears throat> verse number 11. The Bible says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. We're turning quickly to 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. And it states, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. For a few moments this morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to, I want to talk to us on this topic today, but by grace. But by grace. You may be seated this morning. Give somebody a high five as you're seated. Just don't miss and smack them in the face. Amen. But by grace. I believe it's important today to begin by defining what the word grace means. Because it's a word that seems to be overused in some contexts, and as a result, I fear that we can forget how powerful and how real it really is. Webster's defines grace as unconstrained and undeserved divine favor or goodwill. God's loving mercy displayed to a man for the salvation of his soul. One man said, love that reaches up is adoration. Love that reaches across is affection. But love that reaches down is grace. We see this illustrated in the New Testament scripture when Jesus meets the woman at the well. And as he is there, he reaches down and gets in the dirt with her. And that's what grace does today. It gets in the dirt to see divine purification take place in our lives. Many Christians are often shocked by sin, as we should be. I am often, maybe sometimes it feels like every day, I will get a, a news breakthrough, breaking news update pop through on my, my watch, and I'll be sitting in a meeting at work, and I'll see three killed in... Walmart and such and such city. 
or this helicopter crash, or this plane crash, or this car crash on the interstate, whatever. And it seems to be that there is something that takes place every day that has some type of shock factor to it. Often events that have their core originated into sinful acts. So we're often shocked by sin, but we should equally and perhaps more so be staggered by the power of God's grace. Because there's a grace that comes from God today that far surpasses our grace. And we can extend grace to one another. And we should extend grace to one another. But the grace that comes from God is one that brings us and leads us to salvation. To more fully understand the grace of God, we must also attempt to understand that His compassions that are extended to us. Lamentations 3 and 22, the Bible says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not... What's that next word? Let's say that next word together. Consume. That's a pretty powerful word today. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In the writings of the Lamentations, Jeremiah said that the Lord's compassions fail not. The Lord's compassions are new. How often? Every morning. Jeremiah was quite qualified to speak these words. Let's look at the list of Jeremiah's calamities. Verse 1, and I'm not going to read these. You can take this as homework should you choose to do so. But Lamentations 3 verse 1, we see that Jeremiah has felt the rod of God's wrath. Verse 2, he's been led into darkness. Verse 3, he's felt the Lord's hand turn against him. Verse 4, his bones have been broken. Verse 5, he has been compassed with gall and travail. Verse 6, he's set in places with the dead. Verse 7, he has been hedged about. Verse 8, his prayers have been shut out. Verse 9, his paths have been made crooked. Verse 10, he had a lion and a bear chasing him. Verse 11, he's been desolate. Verse number 12, he has made the mark for the archer's arrow. Verse 13, he has had arrows enter his reins. Verse 14, he was ridiculed and became a mockery of the people. Verse 15, he had been filled with bitterness. Verse 16, he has had his teeth busted out with gravel stones. Some of you just thought you'd had a bad day. Jeremiah's had a bad day. Verse 17, he forgot all about prosperity because everything's so bad. And verse 18, he said his strength and hope were both gone. I would dare say this morning that there are those of us that have had moments in life where we felt like our strength was gone 
and we might have even reached a point where that we felt hopeless and we felt like maybe hope was gone. Perhaps it's not going to get any better from here. Perhaps this is my lot in life. Perhaps this is what I am supposed to suffer through because of whatever has happened in my past. But let me take you to Lamentations 3 and verse number 21. Jeremiah says, This I recall to my mind. All of the historical things that have happened, this whole list of, of, of un, un, uh, uh, unwelcomed things that has happened in his life without his permission. He's recalled those things to his mind and then he says something that can be quite confusing today. He says, therefore I have hope. Therefore I have, I have hope. Why, why is it all of the bad things that have happened that causes me to have hope? I have hope through my calamities because of the next two verses which we already read. But I'll take you back to it now. Lamentations 3.22 I have hope because it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. I may feel today like I'm not going to make it. I may feel like I've lost all of my strength and that my hope is gone. I might not have a tooth left in my head. I'm speaking symbolically now, right? I, I might have had the life busted out of me with, with gravel stones. I might have had things hard come against me and, and wound me and hurt me. And I might not feel like I'm going to make it to another tomorrow. But because of all of this, I can have hope. Because His compassions fail not. What an awesome God we serve today that loves you and loves me so much so much I might have had a really bad attitude yesterday I don't think I did but I was by myself most of the day so it's just I'm the only witness right I might have had a really bad day yesterday. I might have lost my strength yesterday. I might have lost my hope yesterday. But when I woke up this morning and as the sun was coming up over the horizon, his compassion renewed itself. If, 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 and I don't think it is, but if it were possible for in any given day for me to exhaust his compassion, Let me, let me break that down for you. I told you earlier that there's some people I like talking to more than others. I apologize. That's, I'm just being honest with you. And if you were honest with yourself, I think you would probably admit the same thing. Those of you that don't like talking, you get somebody that's real talky around you, you start getting itchy and breaking out in a rash. And it's like, oh my goodness, they're going to talk to me and they're going to require me to talk to them. And you don't really like that too much. Oh, goodness. And that can wear on you. And that can kind of wear you down just a little bit. Right? If it were even possible 
for me to wear him out in a day. I don't think it is. I think he's got more strength than what I have aggravation. But if it were possible, at the, at the, at the ringing of the 24th hour, when the day renews itself, all of the compassion that I just wore him out on on the day before just became new again. His inventory of compassion just refilled itself every day. That's a pretty awesome God today that cares so much. And because of that, I have hope. Verse number 23, they are new every morning. Every morning. I've told you before, maybe this is new for some of you, I don't know. I'm not a morning person. It's not natural. I don't think getting up early in the morning is natural. Now, I do it every day, but I don't think it's natural. I've got a few witnesses in the house. All you early birds, God bless you. My wife, she's listening. She's probably smiling. She's going to say amen at some point. But she, she can, we can, we can set an alarm. And if we need to get up, if we need to get up to go, well, I can't use vacation as an example because that's one of my two exceptions for being a, a morning person. If it's vacation time, I'm up. Let's go. I'm on vacation. I'm getting paid to enjoy myself. I'm up. But if it's just a regular old solitary day, I can get up, and before my eyes are even open, if there's cause for her to be up at the same time as me, she is up, dressed, hair half done, whistling. I don't whistle at the noon hour, much less early in the morning. But she's up. I mean, good Lord, woman. I'm like a newborn dog. My eyes aren't even open yet. There's something that occurs in the morning that is powerful. And that's the compassions and the favor and the mercies of God fail not. And they are new every morning. Well, you just don't know what I've done. Let me tell you, that's the beauty of this. Not only do I not need to know, but as long as there's a repentant heart and lifestyle, only people that need to know is you and God. And if you've come to Him with repentance, I know, I know grace gets abused, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about genuine God-powered grace then what you need is renewed every day. The Apostle Paul said, if, if only I had hope in this life, I would be of all men most miserable. We have more than hope today. 
Hope is good, but we've got more than hope. We have His mercy and His compassion and His grace that are demonstrated in our lives every day by the love and the power of Almighty God. The very same God that was before the foundation of the world. The same God who, in whom the Word was made flesh. The very same God who walked among men but was also the Ancient of Days at the same time. The very same God who said, before Abraham was, I am. The very same God who was and is to come, the Almighty, sees us every day in full transparency, knows every single failure, and has a clear understanding of how wretched we can be. Yet he longs to be in relationship with us so much, he says, I'll restart the clock on compassion every morning. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 2 and 8 to the church at Ephesus, and he said, For by grace... Are you saved through faith? And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace, grace doesn't save directly. It's not the grace that saves me, it's the grace that allows me an opportunity to be saved. It's by grace. Grace is the conduit. It's the vehicle by which I'm allowed access to salvation. I was a dead man walking. I was destined for failure, destined for eternal punishment, but by grace I was saved. We should never tire of talking about God's grace in the apostolic church. Because sitting among us this morning, we could go through the list of Scripture. And I'm not saying this because I know, and I'm not pinpointing people to say, I know what your past is because I don't. But as we have fellowshiped, I have picked up on some stories throughout the years and realized such were some of you. Drunks. You don't have to say amen. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to call anybody out this morning. Drunks, drug addicts, bartenders, one night stands. Cursings and musings, dirty jokes. Such, this is Bible. Such were some of What's your point this morning, preacher? My point is we should never forget what grace has done for us. Oh, wretched man that I am. We should never forget that it is, I don't care if you've been saved 30, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. We should never forget what grace has done for us. Because the battle I used to fight, I might not fight that same battle anymore. I might have got victory over that battle. But someone else might not have victory yet. And God's compassions never fail them the same as it didn't fail me 30 years ago. Amen? I need His grace. Because of His mercy, I experience His compassion. Not just once, but every single day. Because here's the thing, 
even when I think I get it right, sometimes I've got it wrong. But because of His compassion, because of His mercy, I can experience another day, every single day. And this opens the door for His grace to operate freely in my life. We would do well not to forget what grace has done for us. It is God's special favor freely given to undeserving people. You cannot earn grace. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to. You you don't have to earn grace. You don't have to give so much money to a missionary to earn grace. You don't have to go through any particular calisthenics or, or, or program or process to earn grace. All you have to do is to earn grace is to receive. The thing that often keeps us from accepting God's grace in our life is that we'll accept the fact that He'll forgive us, but we don't forgive ourselves. Could be, could be. I'm not saying it is, but it could be the single greatest battle for us to fight is the forgiveness of self. We'll forgive other people, and we'll believe that God forgave us, but we won't forgive ourselves. And that keeps us held hostage in our walk with God, while He's already forgiven us, He's already given us compassion, He's already given us mercy, He's already extended grace to us that we might be saved, but we don't forgive ourselves. So we, we, we remain hostage. The way that we can be loose today is to accept His grace and to accept His compassion. It's getting something from God that doesn't belong to us. What a God. What an opportunity. What a Savior that loves you so much that He will give you what you do not deserve. Now in the natural life, the natural man, I don't have my wallet on me. You probably don't have any cash in it anyway. But I could give, I could give if I had it. I don't have it, so don't get too excited. But I could, I could pull out of my wallet. I think I need pocket money. Man, you're just out of luck. I don't even have lint. Do you want to give me money to give back to you? All right, here we go. This is now my money. So I could pull money out of my wallet to give Trevor. You didn't earn it. You got to do something first. Don't be a freeloader. I'm not just going to give out money. You want money? You want money? Do you? How bad you want it? Really bad? What are you willing to do for it? Enough? All right. Here we go. We expect in our humanity to have to work for our salvation. Because we're taught in society and culture that if you want anything, you have to work for it. While that might be a true statement in the natural life, in the spiritual life, you do not earn salvation. For by grace are you saved. That not of yourselves. It is what? It is the gift of God. What is a gift? If you have to earn what you're given, it cannot be labeled as a gift. A gift is, a gift is, you put your money up too soon. A gift is, I've got a gift for you. You didn't do anything for it, so I'm going to give you a gift. 
And then if he doesn't do anything after this, I can't give an accusation to him, well, you, I gave you money. Because it was a gift. It wasn't a paycheck. It's a gift. You do not earn God. Well, if I don't have to earn him, how can I prove to him that I'm worth it? That's the beauty of this relationship with God today is you don't have to prove your worth to him. You don't have to prove your worth to him. We just have to acknowledge that he's worthy. That's how great he is. I can look at myself and I can say, Self, you're not worth it. Now some of you looking at me odd this morning, but some of you probably said that before. Not about me, about yourself. You may have said it about me too. I don't know. Keep that to yourself. I'm just not worth it. I I just don't think God could love me that way. His compassions fail not. His compassion is new every morning. He's faithful. It's because of His grace have an opportunity. I'll, I'll tell you something. I am, I am 49 and a few days old today, and I'm proud of it. I keep smiling, but I'm proud of it. And I have, I have been in church all my life. Something I'm thankful for, and I say that humbly today. But I wanted to tell you, after 49 years of exposure to this marvelous truth, I still do not pretend to understand grace. I don't understand. Because 49 years of church doesn't mean I've never not made a mistake. I can promise you that. I don't understand His grace. I don't understand why we don't have to earn it. I don't understand why we don't have to prove ourselves to Him. But the reality is, we don't. It's getting something from God that doesn't belong We need God in our life. We need grace in our life. We need it in our relationships, in our homes, our marriages, our children, our jobs. Oh, Lord. We need God's grace walking with us. The church, in our nation, if we could somehow learn to truly treat others the way we want to be treated, grace would be on autopilot. But the demonstration of grace in our life requires work and effort sometimes. But in most of those times, it seems, and I haven't done a poll or a study on this, but most of the time it seems like the greatest amount of work that we have to do when it comes to God's grace is on ourselves. And that starts with our acceptance of his grace. You know, there's a certain amount, and this is different by culture, but there's a certain amount of humility that is demonstrated when you receive a a surprise gift. It really is. Usually. I mean, if I was to give Trevor a surprise gift, he'd probably just take it and run. It's all right. I'm teasing him. 
there's a certain amount of humility that's demonstrated whenever we go to give somebody a surprise gift. It's like, oh, you didn't have to. Right? It's kind of a kind of a common, oh, you shouldn't have. Really? Oh, that's too much. This is the one time and opportunity you don't have to say that. You never have to worry about telling God that he's too much. Because he's just sitting on the edge of his seat thinking, please let me give you. Please let me renew my compassion for you this morning. Please let me give you some mercy. Please let me extend grace to you because I want nothing more for you than for you to be saved. And you can't be saved without the acceptance of God's grace because it's by grace we're saved. Grace is not a tool to make you perfect. If you're worried about failing grace, you're not going to fail grace. It's not a tool. It's not a label to put on an excuse so that we can do whatever we want. That's where grace gets abused sometimes. Grace is the favor of God extended to those of us that make plenty of mistakes so that we might have eternal life and not immediate judgment. A friend called on John Newton, the author of the beloved hymn Amazing Grace, in the later years of his life. A portion of scripture was read, including a verse from our scripture text today, but by the grace of God I am what I am. Newton commented, I am not, watch this now because it's very important. He said, I am not what I ought to be. How imperfect and deficient. I am not what I wish to be. I abhor what is evil and I would cleave to what is good. I am not what I hope to be. Soon I shall put off immortality all sin and imperfection. And he continues to say, Yet though I am not what I ought to be, nor what I wish to be, or what I hope to be, I can truly say that I am not what I once was. A slave to sin and Satan. And I can heartily join with the apostle and acknowledge by the grace of God I am what I am. Ladies and gentlemen sitting in this auditorium this morning and joining us online today are people that are no different than you. You're not here in a silo today. You're not here walking a life that no one else has had any similar experiences today. There's nothing new under the sun. Most of us have made mistakes that are very, very similar in nature to some degree. Yet we get isolated in our own mind and the enemy of our soul wants to convince us that no one else has experienced what we're experiencing. No one else has made the mistakes that I'm making. Let me tell you something. As long as you're in flesh, you're going to continue to make some mistakes. 
Now, I'm not writing you a blank check today. I'm just trying to face reality. That's why his compassions are new every morning. That's why I still need him every day that ends in a Y. That's why I need to lean on him and I need to trust in his grace today. Because while I'm not what I want to be, while I'm not what I should be, and I'm not what I need to be, I am not what I used to be. Oh, hallelujah. How many can declare today that you're not what you used to be? So the purpose of the church today is not to sit here in judgment about you or your circumstances or for us to fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to one another. Because the people sitting around you aren't, aren't much different than you. The only thing that may separate you from the person sitting next to you is their acceptance of His grace. Their acceptance of the fact that a place of perfection doesn't exist, but God's favor and grace do. The psalmist David said, Psalms 84 and 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold. Let me say that again. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. I have found in my own personal walk with God that when God gives me good things, sometimes it don't feel like it. There have been some things happening in my life that I thought on the surface was bad. Oh, this is not good. But on the back side of that circumstance, on the other side of my valley, I realized that what God had done for me was for my good. There are pains and sicknesses and trials and diseases and circumstances that we go through that we think, oh God, why did you allow this to come upon my life? This is a very bad thing, but on the other side of the, of the valley, on the other side of the valley, I see clearly the fog lifts and I can see the daybreak. Compassions are new. My trust in Him is renewed. His grace and favor are still on my life. And I see that He's been a son and he's been a shield. And he's given me grace. And I can see his glory. But by grace. The symbolism in this verse, and I'm closing this morning. The symbolism in this verse is incredible. The sun, it's kind of obvious, but I'll state it. The sun, to, the, the light, to enlighten and quicken us, to direct and comfort us, give us warmth. The shield is the protection to save his people from their enemies, from their circumstances. Grace is the favor which is better than life itself. And the glory is the honor which comes from God. So I close with this today to say that grace is not simply leniency when we've sinned. Because that's how we often look at it. Oh, I made a mistake. I need God's grace. That's fine. But that's not where grace stops. Grace is not just leniency when we've sinned. It's not just that thing that we lean back on for forgiveness. Grace is the enabling gift and power of God not to sin. So grace has dual role. 
One, it's the vehicle by which we are saved. But it's also the power and gift of God to help protect me from making a mistake. Said differently, after you have God's grace, you don't have to make the same mistakes all the time. Thirdly, grace is power, not pardon. We often look at grace as pardon, like, like grace is, is the warden in a jail cell. Grace isn't pardon. Grace is power. Grace is too, too closely connected to our redemption and salvation to be anything other than power. And serving God is worth it today because of His grace. Would you stand with me this morning? But by grace are you saved. It is the gift of God. First Corinthians 15 and 10, I want to read one more time. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. We need God's grace. I wonder if you'd lift your hands all over this sanctuary this morning and just talk to the Lord together. This altar's open if you need to need to come forward today. You, you can definitely do so. But let's, let's lift our hands and just talk to him today. God, I'm thankful for your grace. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for your, your compassions that are renewed every day. I'm thankful for your favor. I'm thankful, God, that you reach down and you get in the dirt with me every day and you help me. I'm thankful that your mercies and kindness don't fail. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.